welcome to The Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today's text is Jeremiah chapter 27. In the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from Yahweh. Thus Yahweh said to me, Make yourself straps and yoke bars and put them on your neck. Send word to the king of Edom, the king of Moab, the king of the sons of Ammon, the king of Tyre and the king of Sidon, by the hand of the envoys who have come to Jerusalem to Zedekiah, king of Judah. Give them this charge for their masters. Thus says Yahweh of hosts, the God of Israel, this is what you shall say to your masters. It is I who by my great power and my outstretched arm have made the earth with the men and animals that are on the earth, and I give it to whomever it seems right to me. Now I have given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and I have given him also the beasts of the field to serve him. All the nations shall serve him and his son and his grandson until the time of his own land comes. Then many nations and great kings shall make him their slave. But if any nation or kingdom will not serve this Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon and put its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, I will punish that nation with the sword, with famine and with pestilence, declares Yahweh, until I have consumed it by his hand. So do not listen to your prophets, your diviners, your dreamers, your fortune tellers, or your sorcerers, who are saying to you, you shall not serve the king of Babylon. For it is a lie that they are prophesying to you with the result that you will be removed far from your land, and I will drive you out, and you will perish. But any nation that will bring its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, I will leave on its own land, to work it and dwell there, declares Yahweh. To Zedekiah, king of Judah, I spoke in like manner. Bring your necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him and his people and live. Why will you and your people die by the sword, by famine and by pestilence, as Yahweh has spoken concerning any nation that will not serve the king of Babylon? Do not listen to the words of the prophets who are saying to you, You shall not serve the king of Babylon, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you. I have not sent them, declares Yahweh. But they are prophesying falsely in my name, with the result that I will drive you out and you will perish, you and the prophets who are prophesying to you. Then I spoke to the priest and to all this people, saying, Thus says Yahweh, Do not listen to the words of your prophets who are prophesying to you, saying, Behold, the vessels of Yahweh's house will now shortly be brought back from Babylon, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you. Do not listen to them, serve the king of Babylon, and live. Why should this city become a desolation? If they are prophets, and if the word of Yahweh is with them, then let them intercede with Yahweh of hosts that the vessels that are left in the house of Yahweh, in the house of the king of Judah, and in Jerusalem, may not go to Babylon. For thus says Yahweh of hosts concerning the pillars, the sea, the stands, and the rest of the vessels that are left in this city, which Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon did not take away when he took into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, Jeconiah the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and all the nobles of Judah and Jerusalem. Thus says Yahweh of hosts, the God of Israel, concerning the vessels that are left in the house of Yahweh, in the house of the king of Judah and in Jerusalem. They shall be carried to Babylon and remain there until the day when I visit them, declares Yahweh. Then I will bring them back and restore them to this place. This is the word of the Lord. So, chapter 27, in the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah is 597 B.C. You've probably noticed by now that Jeremiah's book is not chronological. 
It does not go from start to finish in terms of, of its timeline. It bounces around. I don't honestly know the reason for it moving around as it does, um, but we just follow along and we take the word of the Lord as he gives it to us and we're thankful for it. So this is what God has spoken in 597 BC for Jeremiah to say to Zedekiah, king of Judah. And it starts with an illustration that he's to make a yoke and put it on his own shoulders. This is the basically the shoulder harness that a, a plow animal, so an ox or a, a donkey or a horse, uh, might have used to plow a field. So put something like that over his shoulders, put it on his neck, and he's aware of this as he speaks to these envoys from all these other kingdoms. And notice the list of kings here is going to match with many of the kings that were mentioned in chapter 25 that God would be judging. Uh, so Edom is south of Judah. Moab is to the southeast. Um, if you look at the Salt Sea on a map, it is just to the east of that. The sons of Ammon, so Ammon is north of Moab, so again east of the Salt Sea. Tyre and Sidon are two port cities to the northwest of Judah and Jerusalem. So these have all sent envoys to Zedekiah. Now you might ask, why are they sending people to him? These, at this time, these small nations are all, in a way, becoming part of Babylon. What would be the right way to phrase that? They're essentially at the spot where they're paying tribute to Babylon. Um, there is a, a level at which Nebuchadnezzar already has control over them. And they are meeting with Zedekiah. They're sending these envoys to Zedekiah for the possibility of discussing what to do about it. Now, again, this is the beginning of Zedekiah's reign, so there could be other intentions, like these are all the nations that are immediately around. So maybe they have sent... Uh, their envoys in order to speak to Zedekiah and see what the relationship may be like between these neighboring nations. But again, I, I'm going to lean into the idea that they're, they're already thinking about Babylon and what do we do with Babylon at this time as we are, we are under its burden. And Zedekiah, from 2 Kings 24, we learn that Zedekiah chooses to rebel against Babylon and to fight against them, and that's going to bring about his, his destruction ultimately. So, wear this yoke, speak to these messengers, and give them a word to take back to their kings. Messengers are just messengers, although sometimes messengers do get in trouble when kings get angry. This is what you shall say to your masters. It is I who by my great power and my outstretched arm have made the earth. Genesis 1, the act of creation, that God has made all things the men and the animals that are on it, I give it to whomever it seems right to me. That's a strong statement, and it's worth pausing on as a family together. Does it matter what we think? Does it matter if we think we have a good king or not? Ultimately, the answer to that is no. It is the Lord who is in control. And the more we seek to try to control our own government and put our own king on the throne, and yes, I realize that we technically don't have a king or a throne by the way we talk, um, but it's still God's to control. 
the more we try to control it ourselves, the more we are actually rebelling against the Lord and, and not listening to what he would have. So God gives it to whomever it seems right to him. That's Romans 13. Again, uh, we've talked about that in recent days, the idea that every governing authority on this earth has its authority from God. 1 Corinthians 15, 24 is one I forgot to mention in the text the other day when we were talking about that, and that's that Jesus is going to, on the day he returns, put every, he's going to destroy every rule and every authority on this earth, and everything will be subjected to him. So there is there's good news for those of you who, who recognize that you are suffering at the hands of your government. So God acknowledges that he has given all of these lands, so Edom, Moab, Ammon, Tyre, Sidon, he's given them all over to Nebuchadnezzar. His servant, which we talked about at length a couple chapters ago, I have given him also the beasts of the field to serve him. That could refer to the wealth of livestock. That's probably the reference, although it could be that the, the various wild animals, even though they might not be at Nebuchadnezzar's beck and call, the things that they do are not against Babylon, but that they act in favor of Babylon as they seek out, you know, targets, prey to, to consume. So all the nations shall serve him. This is God's decree. He's giving everyone over to Babylon and his son and his grandson. So for three generations until the time of his own land comes. And that's a reference to, so until the time of judgment, that God is going to bring his judgment on Babylon as well. Um, the 70, day, uh, 70 years that we saw in chapter 25. And then the nations and the great kings will make him their slave. So Nebuchadnezzar's family will be enslaved by others. The picture there. Or Babylon, probably more accurately, the picture there as well. So this is going to come. 539 BC, when Cyrus, king of Persia, conquers Babylon and Persia becomes the new power at that time. Now, as we look to verse 8, if any nation will not serve Nebuchadnezzar and put its neck under the yoke of the king, that's the reason for verse 2. It's the reason for Jeremiah's illustration. I mean, imagine kind of how goofy he looks as he walks up to these envoys wearing an animal's yoke. The, the beast of a, the burden of a beast, sorry. Uh, the yoke of a beast of burden is what I was trying to say there. And so he walks up to them. He has this conversation with them. If they will not serve Nebuchadnezzar, he will punish them. God will punish them. He will destroy their kingdom. And then verse 9 is the call. The call to humility. Do not listen to their prophets, diviners, dreamers, fortune tellers, or sorcerers. So all these different people that kings trust, that kings believe can, can speak of the future and see what's coming and, and aid their rule. Don't listen to them for their lying. It's a call to humility, to be willing to admit that your kingdom is not as great. It's a call to humility to recognize that even though you are a king, you will serve another. Ultimately, this call is fair. Because all of these kings are supposed to serve Yahweh. 
And so if Yahweh says, serve under this man, they should answer, okay, and they should do it. And that's what Yahweh is saying. Now this would be, this would be an intriguing family conversation. How do you think our leaders today, our governors, our kings, how do you think they would respond if they were told such a thing? And let's pretend it's real. Let's pretend God sent a prophet to our leaders and told them the same kind of an idea. Do you think that they would have the humility to listen? Or would they be like King Zedekiah in their response and rebel? It's worth pondering. The Lord does not speak through prophets these days. He has, this is Hebrews chapter 1, in the latter days he has spoken to us by his son. So we have the word of Jesus, the word of Christ. And all of our kings are to serve under Christ and to recognize that he is their chief authority, not themselves. And unfortunately, uh, few and far between are the kings that see that reality. Praise the Lord for a good king. In fact, praise the Lord for a bad king. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So, if you have a bad king, thank God anyway. Because the Lord will work through that situation somehow for the good of his people. It might be to strengthen your faith. It might be to bring about judgment on another wicked king in this world. It's hard to know. We, we can't know the ways of the Lord all the time. We only know what he has revealed. All right, so Jeremiah speaks to them. If they do not bow under the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, they are destroyed. But if they do bow under his yoke, God will let them live in their land, work it, and dwell there. The same kind of a word that we saw back in, was that chapter 21? Yeah, 21 verse 9, that if the people of Jerusalem stayed, they would die. But if when the invading army of Nebuchadnezzar was coming, if they would go out and surrender, they would live. It's this picture here as well. A very similar situation, the call to humility. So the same call goes out to Zedekiah, that he would go under the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, his people would live, and why will you die? Not the only time in the Old Testament where God says, why will you die, (laughs) to his people, um, where they refuse to repent. Ezekiel declares that very thing uh, a couple of times, and Ezekiel's a prophet to them when they're in Babylon in their exile time. Uh, 1831 and also 3311, why will you die, O house of Israel? Uh, The word of the prophet to God's people. So again, verse 14, Zedekiah is listening to prophets who are lying to him, who are saying things from God that are not actually from God. That was chapter 23's theme from a few days ago. They're falsely prophesying in his name, and because of that, because he listens to them, Yahweh will drive him out from the promised land and he will die. And not just him, but also the false prophets with him. So, verse 16, the final paragraph here, um, the Lord again reminds people to not listen to false prophets. And at this point, the false prophets Jeremiah is regarding, uh, speaking about, are those who have been telling the people in Jerusalem that God is going to bring back his vessels that have been stolen, 
So when Nebuchadnezzar uh, defeated the king prior, which would be Jehoiakim or Coniah, when he defeated him, took him off into exile, he also looted the temple of Yahweh and took most of the stuff with him to Babylon at that point. That was 597 BC. That's going to be mentioned a little later here in this paragraph. And so the, the prophets, these false prophets, are saying that it's about to be time for all those vessels to be returned, all these tools that were used in Yahweh's house. This will all be brought back. They have no word from Yahweh saying that. In fact, it's the opposite. Nebuchadnezzar's going to take more. Nebuchadnezzar's actually going to take it all. So the things that are mentioned, the pillars, uh, the sea, the stands, the rest of the vessels, that's you're at this point referencing the really big stuff, um, things that would have been harder for an army to carry off, and things that will probably end up getting melted down for the gold, the content that the temple was built from. And so, yeah, the, the stands are quite significant in size, as is the sea where they would, the sea, not a reference to a sea, but like a basin, a, a very large basin for water. So Nebuchadnezzar at that point had not taken those things away. Um, but again, because of these false prophets, because they listened to the false prophets instead of the true prophet Jeremiah, Nebuchadnezzar will end up taking these things. They will be carried to Babylon, verse 22, and will remain there until the day when I visit them, that is God visiting them with his judgment in 539 BC, and then he will bring these things back and restore them to this place. That's a great connection to make. Go read Daniel chapter 5, where Belteshazzar, who is not technically king over Babylon, but he's a Chaldean, descendant here of Nebuchadnezzar's, his father is technically the king, but dad wanted nothing to do with it, so he's self-exiled himself, and Belteshazzar is just reigning in dad's place. Belteshazzar is having a party for his friends and his concubines and so forth, and he brings out these vessels from Yahweh's house. Now remember, vessels for serving in Yahweh's house are holy. They're set apart. They're not to be used for anything else. He uses them in his party for him and his guests to drink wine from, and that's when the hand comes and writes on the wall, uh, mene, mene, tekel, parson, uh, mene referring to time, uh, essentially that his time has come. I remember parson is a reference to the Persians who would be the ones to defeat him. And so God gives him the, the declaration that he, he is done. His kingdom is coming to its close. And in fact, that very night it does. Darius the Mede, which is a reference to Cyrus. Uh, Cyrus, I believe, is simply the Persian word for king. So Cyrus, or Darius the Mede, overcomes Babylon that very night, and he's going to take the people of God, the people of Judah, and he's going to send them home and let them rebuild. And at that point, all the vessels from Yahweh's house that had been stolen, um, that Nebuchadnezzar had brought back to Babylon, Cyrus sends them all back. So eventually the temple gets rebuilt, the vessels returned to their place, just as Yahweh said.